CapsCorner.com, podcast, CapsCorner.com, your source for Virginia sports. I am Brad Franklin, publisher of CapsCorner.com, coming to you live from the Palatial Franklin Estates in the west end of Richmond, where it is Tuesday, September the 5th, as we record um, travel and whatnot uh, required us to record a day early, even though somehow or another we lost Ferber in the shuffle. Uh, I have not decided if you are listening to this on Wednesday or Thursday. If you are listening to this and it is Thursday and all kinds of crazy stuff happened yesterday, it's not our fault. Please don't, please don't hate us. Um, we are going to talk about UVA's uh, um, twenty-eight to ten season-opening victory um, uh, against William and Mary. We will also obviously discuss uh, Virginia's upcoming opponent, zero and one Indiana. Though the, the the Hoosiers will come into Scott Stadium favored. Um, I'll trust Dave to tell me what the current line is when we get to that. And uh, we'll also talk about uh, the re- the announcement that uh, Craig Littlepage is going to retire as Virginia's athletic director. We'll talk a little bit about maybe um, where things sort of go from there. Um, before we get started, let's go around and introduce everybody. And for tonight, everybody is up in Fishersville. David Spence is on the show. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing pretty good, but I have a lot of responsibility on my hands being you everybody. You are, you are everybody. You are every woman. Who <laughs> yeah. Dave's on the board at Who Dave's on Twitter. And Cavs Corner also on Twitter, Cavs underscore Corner. Great place for our in-game updates, content items, and the occasional witty banter. I'll just say that Ferber uh, had planned to be with us tonight. Um, he is not. Uh, it was not a hot tub incident um, <laughs> like that one time. He was the show. Uh, there was a there was some kind of um, situation with. Uh, he's the best man in a wedding, and there was some some drama. Uh, so he's helping a friend do some stuff. Um, hopefully, it does not include uh, burying a body. Okay. Uh, we will we will get to his pick in a little bit. He uh, spoiler alert is going to stick with uh, with what he he chose in the preseason. Um, if Ferber were here, I think he would tell you that he was a little bit underwhelmed, and I think that um, I'm going to have to sort of play devil's advocate because I know in talking to you, Dave, it sounds like after you rewatched the game, you came to a little bit of a different conclusion. Um, it seems like there has been, for lack of a better description, a little bit of a civil war on the board. Where on the one hand, you have folks who think. Um, it wasn't as it wasn't as great maybe as you wanted it to be, but it wasn't nearly as bad as some folks were making it out to be. And then you have the camp of it wasn't nearly as good as it should have been, and that's a problem. And here's why: you, I think you fall into the former camp. Uh, I'm gonna give you some uh, some leeway to sort of talk your way through that. Like what what when you look back at Saturday, what sort of takeaways do you have, and and how do you think that sort of informs you know where they're going this season? Well, I mean, you're right. My viewpoint changed between between leaving Scott Stadium on Saturday and watching the game Sunday afternoon, um, rewatching the game. You know, during the game, I, you're right. I mean, I kind of wanted the team to come out and, and, and just bludgeon William and Mary, and every play looked dominant, looked explosive. Um, some of that is to do with the fact that, you, you, you know, last year was so hard on – fans and journalists having to deal with us fans the so especially i'm trying to think during the game because you know we text a little bit during the game um you know it's hard to see stuff when when the game's that close like virginia when you go back and watch it virginia dominated that game just about the whole thing like no at no point was william mary really really close to to winning um it felt like it live because you didn't know they were going to hold on and we've seen them let go of that kind of stuff before. Um, so you're right. Even with the rewatch, I definitely was more, I understood more of what I saw on Saturday, if that makes sense. Um, like in the stands, I was a little underwhelmed with the D line play on the rewatch. 
I thought the D-line did pretty well. They were definitely playing assignment football um, on Saturday a couple of times, and I'm sure we'll, we'll get into the game a little more specifically. But um, when the when the situation arose, they got a little more exotic and were able to put some pressure on. Um, I'd like more push. But overall, I mean, overall what I came away from with the rewatch was that Bronco understood the importance of this game for the team. Um, one of the first things he mentioned in the press conference was the 42-game streak it ended. We heard about it in the Orange and Blue report the day before. I think for him that was a big thing, um, to give the team positive a positive re- result. Um, my belief is the coaching staff felt our team could win that game on Saturday, playing a conservative game plan, being safe with the ball, and that's what we saw. Um, I think we, we also haven't really <laughs> – the weather wasn't great. It was a little slippery, a little kind of muggy. Um, so I'm okay with what I saw Saturday in retrospect, but I understand the fans who are upset that um, we didn't dominate. But, you know, some, some teams who had better years than us last year lost really bad games on Saturday. So I'll take the win, be happy, and, and hope that my gut reaction that it was a conservative called game in a – done so to build confidence moving forward i think uh, a couple of things i want to dig into 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 what you just said okay let's start here i, I believe that you look i am the two things can be um true person right two things can be true at the same time and i think you did a stand-up job um of sort of um kind of encapsulating what i would say would be the very fair optimist view okay that's not to say that anything you said is framed incorrectly. I think it's just it, there are other things that you can take into account. And what I find sort somewhat fascinating about it is I've never thought of Bronco as a coach who would be sort of impacted um, by the outside stuff, right? When I say stuff, I, I am I'm vague. I'm being vague on purpose. Like I wanted to be a catch-all. That he made a small comment as he was leaving the press conference on Monday where he said something to the, and I can't remember exactly what he said, but he said something to the effect of, um, and if you guys didn't know it, Virginia won a game on Saturday. And it was, and it wasn't said with any kind of, it wasn't said with any kind of edge to it. It just, he just said it. And I, I don't know if he meant it more about the questions we were asking during the press conference, or if we meant it more, or if he meant it more in terms of like the reaction to the game, but I think that what you just sort of encapsulated was a good, fair, optimist point of view. I think that one thing that 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 unnerved me about what I saw, and one of the reasons why maybe I'm in something of, uh, akin to the other camp, is that I felt like maybe in hindsight they were doing a little bit too much um, experimenting on defense, but they weren't doing any experimenting on offense. I felt like the offensive game plan was routinely – vanilla um if at sometimes frustratingly so i thought that they they didn't show me enough in terms of creating on the ground they didn't show me enough in terms of being able to make those short passes actually work um and i felt like really what they were doing they were putting their they were basically putting their guys in, in the wrong position again and that i think that might have been the takeaway that i was most um concerned with frustrated with what have you I feel like there was a secret sauce I was expecting them to, to sort of sprinkle on 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 the offense that they didn't use last year. Some way for them to to sort of um, maximize the potential of the ki- of the kids, and I just didn't see that yet uh, on Saturday. 
And I think that yeah. to me was problematic. And I'm not saying again, I'm not saying that that anything you said was was not accurate because it was. I just think also it's it's fair to say, did they come out again against an FCS team with a vanilla game plan expecting to win um, because they thought they were better than them? Did they did they withhold some stuff specifically because they didn't want to show too much given you know the other games they have in the schedule or were they just not executing whatever they were supposed to be executing like I think there's a difference between the idea that they game planned a certain way because X and also they did not execute the game plan and that is the bigger problem for me it's not just what they called it was that it didn't work and that anytime you put anytime you anytime you spend so much time talking about how you're going to put guys in the right positions you know you know your personnel better you know their skill sets you talk about that a lot there's going to be some sort of you know RCA dog slightly turning your head a little bit um you know I'm not saying you got to adore the offense I'm not saying that it's got to be the most beautiful thing you've ever seen but it does need to be effective and I just felt like there was too much there was too much experimenting on defense that I didn't see on offense. And then on defense, I felt like in a lot of ways they were sort of not necessarily practicing in a way, but in some ways they were practicing. Does any of that make any sense? Yeah. I mean, you're, compl- I think you're more kind of where I was Saturday before I started. I mean, early Sunday morning before I started watching the rewatch, um, you know, watching the game again. Sorry. Um, and the thing, I don't disagree with the word you said. It's just, how I'm choosing to see it from my own mental view, my mental health is the way I'm seeing it. But I, I think you're right. I think both of us can be can be right. Um, there's three plays in the game uh, Saturday that if they work, it's a blowout. And I don't know, and the on the scoreboard, I mean, it's not even close. You're talking, Devin Cross dropped a pass earlier in the game, which hit him in the hands, was beautiful, would have put us down like the 12, 13-yard line. Um, it was a third down play that drives – ended at that point um lavrone the, the ball just overthrown you know and then there was one more and i'm drawing a blank on it um but one more that could have been a touchdown so i mean that's let's say two touchdowns maybe three you know you're talking 42 10 then even though theoretically the game itself wasn't much different except what you were talking about execution of what they did call um i'm still very i'm still very much in a show me um, relationship with Robert and I as our offensive coordinator. Um, yeah, I think the term I used used to to you guys was. I feel like our offense is a bunch of sentences that don't really fit into a story. Um, I don't. Maybe that's pieces. Maybe that's dumbing down the offense. I don't know. But at some point, we need to see. Like you, you watch a, a good offense run. Everything is kind of leading. You know, this is what they're trying to do. We're trying to trick you here to get this. Um, our offense seems very disjointed, uh, but it, it worked on Saturday. Um, the reason I'm a little more comfortable going back to my viewpoint that I think they were trying to be vanilla is, you know, all offseason, it's, you know, we've got our sec- we've got Kurt, Kurt Ben Kurt back here in the second year. But let's not forget the last three games, Kurt didn't play that much. I mean, at, by the end of the year, he lost his job to Matt John. So building his confidence, too. Last thing we needed to do is have him come out and throw two or three picks. Um, so, Play call can help with that, certainly. Um, so I'm leaning more in, or in that camp on the offense. I, I was not impressed overall with with the play calls. Um, I think the execution was a little bit better than you do, but it still could have been better. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, it's just, I love the fact we're picking apart a win. I'll give them that much. Well, I, I think you're, yeah, that, that, that it, look, if you're going to pick something apart, it's always nicer to pick apart a win. <laughs> um, I, I look, I, I don't think, I do, like I said earlier, right, I'm the guy, I'm the, the two things can be um, mm-hmm. true at the same time guy. I do think that for a lot of people, um, and I, I don't feel like I'm in this camp because I didn't have this level of angst about it, but I do think for a lot of people, and if you say it's not you, not not you, you, but the collective <laughs> you, then you're probably telling on yourself. But I do think for a lot of people, they went into this game thinking, okay, if if they roll them, then I'll believe. But if they don't, I'm not going to believe. And what you're hearing are just basically hurt dogs hollering, right? You're hearing folks who are just honest, and I get it, tired of getting their hopes up about about Virginia football and not not being able to 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 stomach it once it you know inevitably lets them down and I think for a lot of people they saw enough in that game to think that Virginia should be better and they saw enough to be frustrated with and they only focused on what they were frustrated with and then they just they just extrapolated it out and said well obviously this team's not going to be any better because they didn't you know roll them Two things. One is I think it's Im- important to know that um, in an opener, anything is li- anything's possible. Um, I-, I think a lot of coaches will say that. Um, I know that for a lot of folks who who observe the game, they think of you know you're just like rolling the ball out. Well, y- you know some of it you got to figure out who's who. Um, Bronco, I think uh, you you said said on the coaches show uh, this week that you know he could see two to three other new you know new starters um, in the mix. On the we know line, one. Yeah. Um, we know one. Uh, we know that they're going to be changes, right? It's just the f- the first game brings with it answers to questions that you haven't asked yet, and and I think that's one of the reasons why I wrote that column last week. Like the opener will always come with 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 some answers. The questions sometimes just linger, um, and I think for this team, for a lot of fans, it was it was about show me, you know, and they didn't see a big gaudy number. Um, William Mary had got a chance to – they knew they were going to play Virginia first. There's no doubt in my mind that Jimmy Laycock spent a lot of time um, breaking things down uh, and really sort of digging in. This was a passing defense that was pretty stout last year. Um, maybe they didn't have a, a, a seasoned quarterback coming in, but they had some kids with talent, and Jimmy Laycock's been doing this for a while. Um, I think Virginia did get to a place where Bronco was, was sending a lot of exotic stuff – if there's one thing I remember most about last year, it was that week to week they would fix something. He would come out on Monday and he'd say, we didn't do X well enough, and by the next game, X got fixed. Now, unfortunately, X was not when scoring more points than the other team, but it, it, did, it did, I remember, you know, early to middle of the season, think, oh, you know what, they say they're going to do this, and they do. Yep. The wrestling thing, he was not, I mean, he was just not, he just did not think was a big deal that night. He just did not think it was a big deal. He didn't think it was a big deal Monday. He seems to think that's something they can correct pretty easily. And if that's the case, then we probably feel a lot differently. Because realistically, um, McKee had one good drive where he ran a lot. And otherwise, like, it was a big bucket of yuck. I mean, the defense had a really nice game. There was one dropped interception I think Thornhill had. Um, you know, you would like to have... Uh, maybe gotten on the muff punt, um, but I mean, realistically, all all they were, were all they were able to do was they 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 waited for the pressure to come off the edges, 
and then they just ran a little bit. And that's just the way you're going to be able to do it um, sometimes when you're playing this, this sort of style. I just think that for those folks who saw enough on Saturday to be encouraged that there's more there, I agree. For those who saw enough wrong Saturday to be concerned about what could happen, I agree. I think it was one of those. It's one of those games where it, it it's a it's a Rorschach test. Like it really is. It's whatever you want it to be. Um, and I think for me, uh, trying to be a you know a realist, I, I think there's a lot of good and a lot of bad. Um, I think that the fact that some of your pieces on the offensive line still don't seem to fit, I think that's a problem. I, I think this was a game where if you were if you had a if you had a solid uh, ch- solid chance at having a good offensive line, it would have showed in this game. Um, I think that I saw too much misuse of players again, and that frustrates me a little bit because um, I really thought they were past that. Um, defensively, I thought they were sending a lot of random blitzes and whatnot. But I, and like I said, I, 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 my, in my heart of hearts, I think they were almost practicing. Like they were just getting some looks and trying some different things out. Um, kicking game, even though they missed the the one field goal they attempted, I thought. Um, you know, in, in some way seemed improved. Um, certainly Lester Coleman surprised the crap out of me with that 70 yarder. Um, so overall, I mean, I, it was, it was kind of what I expected in some ways, not what I expected in other ways. And, and ultimately I think it is very much a, you know, everybody sees whatever they want to see in it. It's just one of those deals, you know? Yeah. I mean, let's get back to the reality. We're, we're talking about a team that even the optimists you know, are thinking at best is a barely making a bold team. So if you're expecting to see, Alabama in game one, um, if that's the standard you have, you're going to be disappointed. Uh, you know, Virginia's coming for It's a 2-10 and ten team. And you look at that offense, and it points yesterday. You know, there were five, six, I mean, not yesterday, Saturday. Um, you had a bunch of guys starting, playing significant time that had never played football that's before true. Yeah. consistently. Um, you know, we, we have talked um, – you know, during the, the buildup of the Bronco era here, how, you know, last year and this year we're going to have to be good because we probably take a step back in 18. But in many ways we're starting to play the 18 team already. Um, so 18, the drop-off may not be as bad as it looked a year ago. Um, but that means you're going to see a little bit of what we saw Saturday, which is, you know, kind of inconsistency. Um, speaking of the offensive line in general, I mean, you've got five guys together. We've heard the reports from camp. Obviously, we didn't get to see a whole lot. But, you know, what's the term? he uh, Coach 2J likes, was it five coins in five a room? Five coins in a room, and yeah, hopefully one of them can snap. Yeah, so, and, you know, when you talk about that with the offensive line, look, blocking the guy in front of you is part of it, but trusting the guy next to you to block is another one. And if you, I'm telling you, if you go watch the film, you'll see everyone is so focused on getting their guy. They're not getting a good push. Um like you can't just get your guy. You got to get your guy with momentum, push him where he's supposed to go. Uh, I thought overall the offensive line did very a very good job getting to their blocker on almost every rush. They just weren't creating any space, and I think a lot of that is hesitation, making sure the guy beside you's got his guy and you got yours, because you'd rather catch your guy at the line of scrimmage than let the guy beside you get past you. Um, and hesitation in the offensive line, you know, is not always a great thing. Um, you know, Georgia Tech didn't hesitate on their offensive line last night, even though they lost. I mean, they got after Tennessee. That's what you want to see from your offensive line. So maybe that, that gets better. That, that's something you can improve on. But the fact that the guys were getting to the men was, believe it or not, a step forward from what we saw a lot of the games last year. 
um, a couple of misses we had on the, the plays or, or law that we had um, were tackled for loss. Uh, it was a pulling guard. I won't name names, but there was a pulling guard who, who missed a, a block coming around the edge. Um, so I think those things can be fixed. And obviously the coaching staff saw the same thing if they're talking about two or three different offensive linemen, um, potentially starting different offensive linemen starting this week. Um, overall, I thought Kurt had an excellent game. You know, it's a good confidence builder. I thought he was smart with the ball, except for the, the grounding play. Um, See, I don't know if. All right, hold on a second. I, I don't. I don't know if we can say excellent game when that stuff happened, when it happened, how it happened. He wasn't in that See, moment I, with. Yeah, in that moment with the grounding, that's a ball. Like he he turned to the ref and tried to point to one of the guys to say that so and so was close, but he doesn't. It's almost like he still doesn't understand the rule. Like throw it to the band. Like you have a plus plus arm talent. Just chuck it. And he does this, and 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 that honestly, that one play, and I'm not trying to throw the baby out with the bathwater. Kid had a nice day. He he started off a little rocky, and he got himself where he needed to be. He he still ha- the dude has an ability to 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 dial up several times a game, absolute dimes. That that touchdown throw, uh, the the one to Lavroni was just sick. I mean, it was an absolute dime. And you know, you'd want to have more like that, but in a way, in a way, it's like. If you can keep, if you can keep the mistakes that he makes to a minimum, and really cash in on those on those dimes, you know he's a very good quarterback. My problem is, is that one play to me was 2016. It was so unforced, and then to look and I wrote a whole column about this, right? Like to look at the ramifications of one play, Virginia driving going in from the 24 at that point. Instead of just throwing it to the stands and coming back for second down or whatever it was, he loses yardage and he loses it. And, and basically the whole thing blows up, right? They end up getting out of, um, getting out of range and they have to punt. William Mary goes, I think it was 13 plays, scores a touchdown. Three and out, minute 28 seconds off the clock. Now you're like, uh-oh. You know what I'm saying? Like you, you had a game that you were cruising. You were up 20, you were up 21 to three. You should have been getting ready to go up 28 to 3. And all of it changed because why? Like he it, this was not a situation where a guy I don't like I remember um uh Simeon no it was Bryson Spinner way back in the day. He did this thing where he he put the ball on the ground, he's trying to get his balance cuz he's trying to make a play. And I remember my dad's friends just going crazy cuz they were, you know, just I couldn't believe that he tried to do this, but I'm like I've never been upset about a guy trying to make a play. I am always going to be upset at a guy not making the right play um, or not attempting to make. You know what I'm saying? Like, this was not a situation where he was trying to throw it to the band and it clearly slipped. Like, he aimed at the sideline seven yards short of the line of scrimmage. I, it doesn't matter where. you got to get it there. Like, that's the rule. And so that play to me, because it is something that can, can should be taught, it is something that can be drilled, it is something that should not happen, really stuck to me. And I, I'm not trying to say that he, the rest of his day was somehow um, not as good. I'm just saying that my takeaway from it can't – I can't – everybody seems to want to take that play and just say, oh, well, that was just one play. No, no, That's the same thing he did all season last year. And, look, I think Kurt's a great kid. He's, he is one of the best in terms of being honest when he, when he talks to us. Um, I think he puts himself out there. I think, 
you know, he's he's got a he's got a heck of an arm and he I think he's a very good quarterback. It's that kind of thing that when he cleans that up, man, he's even better. And I think that's my my takeaway from it was I can't forget that one play either in stats or in reality. And I think for a lot of people they want to they want to take that play because it seems isolated in that game and just kind of put it in this box on a shelf and like that's not how it works. Like you really you really don't get a chance to sort of separate it out that way. You know, you can't you can't take those numbers away and then say, well, without that one play, the numbers are this. No, no, the numbers are what they are because that's what happened. He made that decision and did what he did. Now, maybe we won't see him do that all season. And if that's the case, that's great because, like I said, he's a much better quarterback when, you know, when when he when he cleans that stuff up, he's a much better quarterback, a substantially better quarterback. But you can't ignore if that's the thing that he continues to do. Um, and in a situation like this, yeah, they're lucky. I mean, it, it didn't end up being a thing, but they were not far from it being a thing. Like Justin said, sitting next to me, he's like, they're going to screw around and make this thing a game. And they almost did. And it all started with one unforced error. It's one thing if a guy makes a heck of a play and just leaps over a guy, and you're like, wow, nobody saw that coming. But, I mean, like an unforced error like that should not open the door for a 20-3 to game to almost become an actual ball game. You see, see yeah. what I'm going yeah, I mean, I, I don't think it's an unforced error. I mean, there's pressure on him. He's outside the box. He, look, he should have been smarter to throw but, a pass. Hold on, but, but it is unforced in the sense, like, he can clearly get rid of the ball. Like, well, no, it's not like you stand in like the pocket and just grass. chunks it out of bounds. No, no, but he was I mean, running. He's, he's getting no, no, but he was, he was running, but, I mean, he could easy, he just as easily as he threw it out of bounds, he could have thrown it to the band. Like, yeah, it wasn't yeah, like there was a that. guy on him or he had a, somebody had him around the hips or, yeah. you know, somebody was bearing down on him. Like, yeah, he was being pressured. There's no doubt he was being flushed out of the pocket. But I will but, say, Kurt, last year, many times would have thrown that back across the field. And so I, I'll take the sack because that's essentially what it was over oh, see, a that's pick where you six and I thrown back around. See, I would much rather a guy say, you know what, I thought I could make this play than to not know what the play he was supposed to be make was making. Does that make sense? Like, I, I don't like, know. It's, I mean, not smart, yeah. it's not smart to throw it across your body, but that has a chance to actually work out for you. might not have a great chance, but it does have a chance, and that's you trying to make a play. You throwing it seven yards short of the line of scrimmage, unless they've changed the rule and I'm unaware, uh, is going to end the same way every time. Like, it just is. Like, if there's nobody there and you're just chucking it out of bounds and, he, and it was almost like sidearm, like the way you would when, when you're running seven on seven and, 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 and basically the time is up for the play. Like, he basically he is eating it. And, like, that thing, that, that, little, that little sideways toss thing, it, it is not the smarter play. In, throwing it into double coverage across, the middle of, across your body into the middle of the field is, is dumb, but that, this is worse. Because at least there you might have a chance that your guy catches it. There's nothing. There's nothing that happens here that doesn't end with the with the referee p- dropping a flag on the floor. I mean, for, for me, I'm gonna go the other. I'm gonna. Uh, we'll agree to disagree on this one. I think take the. Look, I'd much rather him throwing it in the band. But if he's gonna make the decision between throwing back across his body in a situation where it can easily turn him back to Pittsburgh late first half again, eat it. You know, eat it. Um, I was a little surprised. That's one like. One of the disadvantages of sitting where I sit, you know, I see a lot of stuff, but perspective of depth. Like, I just assumed he threw it away deep because of his arm. So when the flag came out, I was surprised when I had to look up at the replay to see it was several yards short of the line of scrimmage. So something clean up. I'm glad we can pick out one play to digest for Kurt. So that is a step in the positive direction. That's true. Um, yeah. And and um, just going to the defense, I thought you're right. I mean, there were so many moving pieces on the defense. I started, like, keeping – you know, notes when I was watching the rewatch just to point out players. And I got to the point where I was like, good Lord, they're changing players so much. Like Chris Moore is all over the place. I don't even know. When did he come in the game? 
Um, <laughs> but you know, I mean, I thought they were the defense when they needed to needed to make a play did. Um, it's true. That's true. And then, as as Bronco pointed out in the in the post game, I thought the you know the most disappointing drive was was the drive they scored a touchdown on. Um, but he said in the post game at that point they knew they couldn't beat them by rushing, so they were in a two man front and they were just putting pass pass pressures and they weren't disciplined in their rush lanes. And you're right, like he was like nonchalant, like oh yeah, we'll look at that and film and clean. Yeah, it I mean up. he said it. He said it like yeah, we'll <laughs> oh, we'll wear different we colored jerseys next week. Like you're not a big deal, you know. Like but he they just, did do I, a very good job of, against Lamar Jackson in that sense. So that that's is, very you know, true. That's where having the smaller guys on the field helps. Um, it's it's the power running teams that that small front doesn't help. But yeah, it's like I said, I mean. Not to be Mr. Segway for you, but all in all for me, I was encouraged by by the win. You know, a team you know, this team had ten weeks of, of very disappointing results last year. Um, is replacing a lot of pieces and and got a win at home, which is what look, Georgia Tech looked amazing last night, but trust me, they trade they trade how they look for a win. That's true right they, now. They, that's right. That is um, a good segue because I'm thinking um, we've been about we've done way more long we've done a lot longer on this uh, on the on the on the opener. Because neither one of us want to talk about Indiana. Yet. No, no, it's, I don't have a problem talking about Indiana. <laughs> I, I I will I will say this though as let's let's merge our conversation about Indiana with our conversation about the picks. Um, Indiana goes out Thursday night, uh, was leading at the half against Ohio State, and then got boat raced in the second half. It just kind of got away from them. They end up losing 49-21 in a game that was much closer than the score would indicate. Um, I had picked Virginia to win this game in the preseason, and I'm going to have to change it up because I just did not come away Saturday thinking um, that Virginia was sound enough to be able to deal with both uh, Indiana's up-tempo deal and as well as their speed. Um, and I'm I'm a little bit curious to see how the speed really translate translates when – when I'm expecting Virginia's offense to do something a little different. Um, Ferber said he's going to stick with his pick. He had Indiana uh, winning 27-20. Uh, I am going to change mine and and go with um, with Indiana winning 27-23. Uh, to 23. I just basically flipped um, who. Um, and we'll, we'll get into why here in a second. But, Dave, you had it Virginia 34-31. Still feeling good about that? I like the spread. I'll probably bring the tw- – Point total down a little bit, but we'll, yeah, we'll just keep it. Let me do two weeks in a row, keep in mind. All right. Uh, uh, I think that if you look at Indiana's offense, so quarterback is is Richard uh, Lego, um, pretty talented kid, um, senior, fifth year, 6'6", 240, good size, good arm, seems to fit what they want to do, which is to sort of get it out quick. They he's got a nice um, he's got a nice sort of rapport with uh, Simi Cobbs, who was his uh, senior wide receiver. Uh, 6'4", 220, so a big, long kid. Probably not the week you want to lose Tim Harris, um, quite frankly, when you're playing an offense this good. Uh, they did lose, um, if the name sounds familiar, it, there's a reason, Nick Westbrook, who I believe was their leading returning wide receiver. Um, he's out for the season, I believe, with a torn ACL. So they will be a little bit undermanned at wide receiver, but they've still got Cobbs. They've still got uh, Ian Thomas, who's a big uh, tight end that I know they like to use a lot. And then they got a kid named Mike Majette as a junior running back actually from Woodbridge who, coincidentally enough, I promise you would have gone to UVA in heartbeat if the previous staff had, had recruited him. Um, really, you know, kind of a, a talented, you know, shorter, you know, kind of shiftier guy. Um, but it's an offense that wants to go fast. Uh, Bronco said Monday that, that they ran 
that Indiana ran more plays in the first half against Ohio State than Virginia's defense saw all game against William and Mary. Um, so there's no way to really replicate that. He, he said in response to my question about how you, you sort of prepare for that tempo. I do think you're going to see a lot of substitutions. Uh, I think you're going to see guys going in for this series and not going in for that series. Um, I would imagine it's going to be somewhat across the board. You might have a couple guys who try to iron man it out. But realistically, I think you got to keep fresh bodies as much as you can. But the best thing Virginia can do, honestly, uh, to slow uh, Indiana down is to not give them the ball. Sustained drives, um, you know, a nice balance between the run and the pass would be nice. Um, the Hoosiers run um, a uh, a four – uh, a four-two-five. They've got two safety. They list two safeties, two cornerbacks, and a husky. Um, I, I'm not really sure what the husky is, other than it looks like just a sort of safety linebacker hybrid guy. Um, who I imagine they're gonna line up sort of all over the place. Um, uh, let's see. Uh, Tigray, Tigray. Sorry, Tigray Scales. He's sort of their Micah Kaiser in a lot of ways. Um, and actually, the the similarities are pretty pretty uh, interesting to look at between scales and Kaiser um, still they got a lot of um, you know a lot of size a lot of experience a number of seniors on this group uh, fifth year guys at that um, probably not going to get you know put up as many points or excuse me give up as many points um, as uh, as they did against Ohio State um, I think the thing that is most important for Virginia this game quite honestly, is just staying in the game. And I know that sounds simplistic, and I want you to kind of bear with me as I land the plane, but the William Mary game actually really does help them in terms of their confidence. I mean, if you if anybody saw any videos of the kids after the game in the locker room or you, or, or you were, or even yesterday um, when we were at JPJ doing interviews, like the kids seem genuinely, I don't want to say relaxed, they, they just seem lighter. Um, they don't. They're not. They're not carrying a burden. Now, that's not to say that they won't. They're going to lose games this season. I think anybody expects them to go undefeated. But I really think that it, in a game like this, if it got away from them really quick, all of those demons come roaring back. Right? Um, you do. Ha- you got a nice win. You open the season the way you wanted to. Um, going to have to face through a little bit of adversity in this game. You know, losing Tim Harris and having to, to probably start a freshman. But. I mean, I'm really encouraged um, by some of what I saw on Saturday, and also there, I, I do think that there's, you know, with the speed that Indiana has, it, it can be, um, it, it can be problematic. I just think that staying in this game, um, proving, you know, knowing them having that confidence that, yeah, we're right here, you know, like this is this is good. It's a nice measuring stick, and a lot of people have talked about that. I, I just think of it as. The better team to me is Indiana because they they do they have the they've recruited to a specific uh, style they 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 play to that style they're very clear about who they are. Um, how are you feeling about this matchup in general, Dave? Man, I'm feeling a little better after the second half of the Ohio State game than I was after the first half. Um, not to, not to be crass, but yes, um, you know it's. They do play at a fast pace. I mean, I'm, tr- I'm trying to get the number of plays they got. I, I think the total number of plays, if my math is right, was they ran 95 plays against Ohio State. Um, that's a lot. I mean, closest thing we faced last year is Oregon. They didn't run near that many. Uh, Louisville, which is kind of the game I'm dr- going back to 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 see how we do against a pace team um, at home. Louisville ran about 77 plays against us last year. 
Um, I mean, it is a fast pace, but you know, like you said, the, the way you the way you deal with pace is is getting them off the field on third down and making the most every time you have the ball. You know, it's it's scoring when you get to the red zone. It's you know, it's it's being efficient on third down offensively. It's protecting the ball. Um, things Hold Virginia on, did me, not do me, well last let year. Let me let me break in here just to, just to point this out. So I was just looking yeah. at the uh, Indiana game notes. So they ran ninety five plays last yeah. week in a tw- in, in a time of possession of twenty eight ten. Virginia okay. ran seventy two plays in a time of possession of thirty two minutes. So they had the ball for lit- uh, basically four less minutes, four fewer minutes. Sorry, and they ran twenty three more plays. Now they had a what lower was their total th- yardage last week. Uh, four hundred and thirty-seven. They only had seventeen rushing yards, four twenty through the air. Um, and I think their running game is 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 where they is where they are susceptible. I mean, I don't think that they have that part figured out, and I do think that's something they got to get themselves right. Anyway, I just wanted to. I just those numbers sort of jumped out at me, and I, while you were talking about it, I just wanted to note them for yeah. the record. Noted. <laughs> the. Uh, uh, What's weird about their offense, though, is you know most of the time you, you when the team runs that much pace, it, it is you know based on the running game and quick screen passes. But I mean, they threw fifteen passes, you know, twenty one passes. I'm sorry, like deep down the field, they completed twelve passes greater than fifteen yards in the air against Ohio State. Um, so they're kind of a big shot team, which is unusual for a tempo team because that tends to kill drives pretty quickly. Um, but they did not run the ball at all against Ohio State. Some of that was, uh, I think their leading rusher only had like 29 yards or something. Um, but let's be honest with me, Ohio State's got three or four guys who are probably going to play in the league on that defensive line of theirs, and they were able to control it. So um, having watched that game, the first half, it actually reminded me a little bit of when Carolina came to Virginia a few years ago, and we talked about it at our tailgate. Like, what was that guy's name? Um they just kept throwing the ball to him the whole ga- that whole first half. Quinshaw Davis. Yes, they Indiana was very much like that with Cobbs in the first half, um, and just Ohio State said okay, and they ended up you know kind of you know having some success with that. Second half, Ohio State rolled safety help underneath linebacker help to Cobbs every time, and it really you know Ohio um, that really put the kibosh on on Indiana's defense. So. You know, there, there's ways to defend it. Obviously, it's really hard to extrapolate from what Ohio State was able to do with their personnel versus what we're going to be able to do with ours. Um, I think the key is, I think that two-man front look, if Virginia is able to win the game Saturday, it's going to be because we're successful in the with the two-man front because that allows us to have four or five linebackers. I mean, Chris Moore can be a corner or a linebacker. On, that's the nice thing about having them there. Um, You've got a lot of flexibility, but if we cannot stop the rush out of that set and have to go to a three-man front or bring a linebacker a little closer to the line to help stop the rush, then it opens it up, opens us up for the for the pass game. Um, look, a, a lot of me picking Virginia to win this game is being a fan. That's what I do. That's kind of my role on the show here. <laughs> but I, I do like what I saw to Virginia in that two-man front, and I, I like the way they were able to bring pressure and. I think you know, we didn't really talk about it in you know, the big picture looking back at William Mary. I think it would be remiss not to talk about how amazing Juan Thornhill looked Saturday. Um, 
mean, him back, he's definitely a safety. Uh, he's back where he should be. He was all over the field. Chris Moore, who we kind of like, I don't want to say we laughed at, but we were, were kind of all kind of taken aback to see him as a backup outside linebacker. The time he was on the field Saturday, he was all over the place. And then Malcolm Cook, who effectively hasn't played any football in two years, you know, was a force. So those guys aren't guys we were talking about being the anchors of the defense. So that speaks well to how the defense is developing. Um, so I, I'm a little more more high on our defense than I was prior to the game Saturday. Um, I think Virginia's due. I'm looking forward to the game. I'm hoping we get a better crowd than we had Saturday. I hope the weather's better. Um, but it's it's going to be a good game. I mean, we've talked about this game since the schedule was released. You know, this is you know, we're going to be here next you know next week at this time talking about Connecticut win or lose. You know, the Indiana game. But let's face it, if Virginia's going to be bowl eligible, this game is huge. Um, that doesn't mean Virginia's season's a wash if they lose this game Saturday because it's a very good Indiana team that has, as you said, recruited to a system. It's kind of where Broncos trying to take us um, from the doldrums to not a national powerhouse, but national relevance. Um, it's going to take a it's going to take a clean game. Probably going to take Virginia making some surprising plays and forcing a few turnovers and be staying healthy. You know, already down a couple guys, um, one starter on defense, so not a whole lot of depth behind them. So we're, we're going to need to get them off the field on third downs and, and eat some clock on offense. But I've got, I've got faith in this one for some reason. Bronco just seems maybe, I don't know if you sensed it Monday, but on this call-in show tonight, I mean, he was kind of, I won't say like egotistical like he was preseason last year. He just seems confident in his team. Like he liked what he saw Saturday. Now, granted, he's probably just looking at the offense, but I mean the defense, but um, I'm looking forward to it. I think it's going to be a fun game and hopefully not Boise State, more Louisville <laughs> with the results switched. Um, I tell you what I'm going to do. I am going to make an executive decision and table the little page discussion because I, I do want to get Ferber's viewpoint on this and I do think it might be a good thing to maybe let things play out sort of for the next few days and and sort of talk about kind of where that thing is um, next week um, but I agree I think it will be a good game um, it will certainly be interesting to see how Virginia reacts and responds um, the weather should be a lot nicer than what we had on Saturday it's still it's still weird to me to have the season start and neither of these games are going to be like sweltering sweating uh my, my tail off in the press box games. Uh, I really appreciate, um, you know, whatever, whatever forces had to come together to, to make that happen. So I do appreciate that, but I, I'm looking forward to it. it. Should be an interesting matchup between two teams that, that, that in a lot of ways want to do things very differently. Um, and certainly coaching staffs that, um, that are um, still sort of getting to know their personnel and, 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 and kind of, um, developing them out into the out years. But I do want to thank Dave for being on the show. I appreciate you giving me some of your time. Uh, we'll be back with uh, with Ferber next week. But, again, I uh, want to thank everybody out there for continuing to give us a listen uh, and continuing to support the show. Really appreciate the uh, the continued uh, support. So for David Spence, I'm Brad Franklin, publisher of CavsCorner.com. Thanks for coming out. We'll see you soon. <laughs>